So I was mentioning last Sunday on Easter Sunday that there is an ancient tradition called the Rises Pasqualis, which means kind of like the Easter joy. And this tradition as it goes is that you're supposed to tell a joke at homilies during the Easter season. So I'm going to try again. Bear with me. I'm not sure about this one. So we know from John's Gospel that Jesus was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And at Jesus' time, tombs were very expensive, especially new tombs. A tomb was something like you invested in it as a family, and many people were buried in it in your family. But Joseph bought this new tomb and he gave it to Jesus, and it was never used before. So something very expensive. And when Joseph of Arimathea's friends saw him doing this, they kind of went to him and they said, Joseph, like, are you crazy? This is such a nice tomb such a great view. You'll never get such a nice one, a new one like this again. Why would you give it to this man that you hardly know? And Joseph of Arimathea responded to them, oh, no problem. I wasn't worried at all. I knew he only needed it for the weekend. (laughs) Did my best. So, thank you. So, we continue to celebrate with joy. Easter, and this is where this tradition comes from, to have a bit of a laugh, to have some joy during the Easter season. And today, in the second Sunday of Easter, we look forward or we celebrate the mercy of God. The second Sunday of Easter is known as Divine Mercy Sunday, and we have an image here at the front, this image that reminds us of God's love for us, especially those who suffer, those in need, that God's mercy is always available to us to transform us and to heal us. And providentially, we hear in the gospel on this Divine Mercy Sunday, this story about Thomas, which we're all familiar with. Thomas, he gets a bit of a bad rap. He's called uh, the Doubting Thomas sometimes. And the story of Thomas, though, when you look at it closely, kind of describes or helps us to learn more about the way that God's mercy interacts in our life. We could say it tells us the dynamic of God's mercy for each one of us. So as I said, we're all familiar with this great story of Thomas uh, from John's Gospel in the post-resurrection accounts of John. We hear that Jesus first appears to the disciples behind locked doors and he says, peace be with you. And they all see, they're filled with joy, they're filled with wonder, and they go and tell Thomas, who wasn't there that day, And Thomas, when he hears that Jesus has risen from the dead, just can't believe it. And he responds to his friends, to his fellow disciples, unless I see the hands, the marks in his hands and his side and put my fingers in them, I will not believe. So Thomas gets this expression, doubting Thomas from this, that he couldn't believe the testimony of the other disciples. But then we see what happens next is very interesting. Jesus once again appears to the disciples, and this time Thomas is there. And Jesus gives Thomas exactly what he's looking for. Jesus says, look at the marks in my hands and at my side. Put your finger in my, in my hands and in my side and believe. Now, if you do a Google search for doubting Thomas or Thomas and Jesus, you'll see a lot of different images depicting this scene. There's a famous one from Caravaggio you might have seen. And Thomas is always shown like really actually poking the side of Jesus. It's kind of disgusting, actually, if you look, or into his hands. But if you listen carefully to the gospel, does does Thomas actually touch the wounds of Christ? 
doesn't actually do it. Jesus allows him to do that, and that was enough for him. And then we hear that Thomas sees and believes and says, my Lord and my God. So this is a very important story, this interaction between Thomas and between Jesus. And I think it teaches us two important lessons for how we can receive the mercy of God in our own life. The first lesson we learn from this interaction with the risen Lord and Thomas is, as th- is although God's grace is always there for us, sometimes we need to ask for it. God's healing, God's mercy, God's presence is always available, but sometimes we need to open our hearts to the Lord. And this is a story or a message that comes across quite clearly in this story of doubting Thomas. And we encounter this in our own lives as well. Sometimes perhaps we might encounter a friend that we know is going through something difficult. We encounter a friend maybe at work or at school, and we see that something is off. They look a little bit down. But then you go to your friend and you say, is everything okay? And your friend just responds, it's fine, I'm good. How many times have we heard that? Or how many times have we even said that? But really our friend might be going through a difficulty. They might have just lost a family member or have someone who is sick in their family. But what a difference it makes when that friend of ours actually opens up and says to us, look, thanks for asking. Actually, I'm not doing so well right now. Maybe we could talk about it, go for coffee. Uh, Maybe you could say some prayers for me. When they open up to us, we know that we're able to help them in a deeper way that would have been possible otherwise. Now, Jesus Christ obviously knows, God knows everything that's in our hearts. God knows all our needs, all our wounds, all our difficulties and struggles. But in this story with Thomas, we see that it's important for Thomas to articulate his need his struggle. Thomas actually has quite a bit of courage, and again, we give him a bad reputation, but Thomas was able to express his doubt. He was able to be honest with his friends that he needed something more to be able to believe in Jesus, and we see how wonderfully Christ responds to him. Jesus, when he hears that he needs to see his wounds to believe, gives him exactly what he's looking for. Jesus doesn't scold him, Kind of, he gives him a little bit of a hard time later, but Jesus doesn't say, how dare you? Why don't you believe right away? Jesus says, no, look, if this is what you need to believe, look at the marks in my hands and at my side. So Jesus then takes this opening that Thomas prepares for him, and he gives Thomas exactly what he's looking for. And the same goes for in our life as well. God relates to us like a loving father. God knows, of course, what we're going through in our needs, But God wants us to be open with what we need to him, to express the difficulties and the struggles that we're going through. When we do this, when we open up our hearts to God, it's kind of like these doors are open to God's healing and grace in our life. So this then I think is the first lesson we learn. God's grace, God's mercy is always there, but sometimes God wants us to articulate our need to God. The second lesson I think that we learn from this encounter with Thomas and the risen Lord is that sometimes our weakness or our woundedness can be transformed by God's mercy into an incredible strength. Sometimes our deficiencies or what we think our struggles in our life can be transformed through God's grace to something wonderful. And the story of Thomas is an incredible story because it sees somebody going from someone who doubts to someone who has incredible faith. 
So Thomas, we hear doubts. He's unable to believe that Jesus has risen. But after seeing the marks in Jesus' hands and Jesus' side, Thomas responds to Christ, my Lord and my God. So we've heard this story maybe so many times that that doesn't kind of shock us. But what Thomas says there after seeing the risen Lord is kind of the most explicit affirmation of Jesus' divinity by anyone in the entire New Testament. Thomas knows that he's not just Lord, okay, but also God. Thomas is able to detect clearly the divinity of Jesus Christ. So we see this incredible turnaround by encountering the risen Lord. Thomas goes from someone who has little faith to someone who perhaps has the most faith out of the apostles, out of the disciples. He's able to identify Jesus as Lord and God. And in church tradition, the story even goes further about Thomas. So some of you might have heard the story about Thomas. It might be important for you in your own faith journey. But Thomas, as the tradition goes, went to India, to Kerala specifically, and became a great missionary and apostle there. And many Catholics and Christians from this region trace the practice of their faith from Thomas, this person who went from great doubter to someone having incredible faith. So with God's mercy and grace in our life, God can transform and heal what seems like our weakest points into ultimately what can become our greatest strength. So this is then Divine Mercy Sunday. And in Latin, mercy is misericordia, which means, or is kind of broken into two parts. Cordia, which means heart, and uh, miseria, which means kind of um, um, expression of love or care for those who are miserable, who are suffering, a heart for the miserable. In other words, I messed that up, apologies. So misericordia means a heart, cordia, for the suffering, those who are going through difficulties. So God, we are revealed to today, has a special heart for those who are struggling, for those who are going through difficulties. And during this Mass, we have an opportunity to come to God, just as Thomas did, and express our need to the Lord. Let us, therefore, during this Mass, come to Jesus with great confidence during, perhaps, the consecration when Christ becomes present to us, to open our hearts to the Lord, to express to God what our need is. Thomas had a need of faith. What is our need today, this evening? Let us express that to the Lord and ultimately entrust it to Him. In the Divine Mercy Devotion, there is this beautiful prayer that expresses so well this confidence in the mercy and love of Jesus. Jesus, I trust in you.